Hey guys, and welcome to episode number eight, no, six of Develop Yelmond Unplugged, the official podcast for Develop Yelmond. And we're super excited to be here because we're going to be talking about conflict resolution like we did last week, but this is going to be a continuation. We're going to go a little bit more in-depth. We're going to go into specifics. We're going to cover conflict resolution, but from the perspective of how do you deal with conflicts with different personalities. We teased it a little bit last week, but last week we talked more general terms. This week we're going to go more uh, into specifics. And if you have any questions or any uh, awarenesses that come up, uh, share them in the chat and uh, we'll be more than happy to to discuss those. And uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, who are we and what do we do? Well, we're Develop Development. We talk about personal development, personality theory, uh, professional development, sales, business, entrepreneurship, everything with an, a slightly different perspective than what we see uh, as the norm in the industry because we talk about personality theory, but we don't give you a test. We don't put you in a box. We don't limit you. We don't define you. On the contrary, we talk about personality theory to not be one-size-fits-all, to not give advice in a one-size-fits-all manner because, let's face it, in personal development and entrepreneurship, coaching and whatever, um, it tips feedback and mentorship that you can receive. Uh, it's very common to get feedback and tips from the perspective of the individual sharing it, what worked for them, uh, what they would like to have uh, heard when they were in your situation. But we all have different contexts. We all have different personalities. We all have different goals. We all have uh, different cultures. We all have many different uh, things that influence us. And as such, we cannot do anything one size fits all. We can talk certain things in general terms, but providing you with enough flexibility to find what works for you. So always everything we share, understand that some of the stuff we share is gonna work for you. Some of the stuff uh, we share is gonna work for people with other personalities, other contexts. We'll try to be as clear as possible with what advice is more fitting for which type of personality, you know, introverts and extroverts and ambiverts need very different things. Uh, there's certainly common ground, but but there's certainly very distinct differences in their instincts, in their ideal level of social stimulus, in their ideal uh, organizational structure, right? And in the world of entrepreneurship, in family life, in relationships, that means we need different things, that we have different instincts, we react differently to different things. And when it comes to conflict resolution, a lot of the conflicts that we have in our lives stem from differences in terms of personalities. We have seen it a lot here in the business, we've seen it in our previous business, that different personalities have different ways of seeing things, different instincts, uh, and can sometimes get frustrated when they don't understand why someone with a different personality has a different way of doing things. So. Basically, in Develop Development, what we try to do is we try to encourage certain empathy and we try to uh, provide you with tools that you can apply so that you can increase your emotional intelligence and uh, a collaborative spirit and, and just kind of get along with, with people. Both give and receive. Everything we talk about here is, is both give and receive. How can you be the best version of you uh, by stimulating yourself, by recharging your inner battery based on your personality, your goals? And how can you also bring out the best in other people? How can you empower people? How can you stimulate people? How can you inspire people based on their personalities? Because let's face it, when we take into account 
other people's personalities, other people's contexts, it's much easier to be kinder, more generous, and also much more effective in our communication. Because when we try to communicate from our perspective, what happens if we don't take into account the other person, we might be speaking a totally different language than them. We might be putting importance on the wrong thing within the same situation. And by being able to emphasize the things that are more important for the other individual, things are gonna flow. So. Uh, this week, uh, I'm here with my sister, and uh, for those of you who don't know her, she's Itzel. Hello, and, everyone. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Yannick, and uh, yeah, uh, we basically growing up had a lot of conflicts. We yeah. mentioned this last week. Not like intense conflicts, but just we didn't understand each other. Yeah, it was definitely a mismatch of personalities. Um you know, I mentioned it a bit last week, but Yannick is a very extroverted person <laughs> who likes to take charge, who likes to advance with projects, who likes to sort of be a team leader, and he would always be surrounded by a lot of friends. Uh, whereas I'm more introverted, especially when it comes to my home, li home life and day-to-day -day life. Uh, so I need a lot of space. And he didn't understand that. He thought something was wrong with me. He thought that I was locking myself in my room because of insecurities or some kind of problem. So he wanted to help me and push me to get outside more. Whereas for me, I felt like that was pressure, that he was pressuring me to change who I was, which it wasn't the case. Um, and it was really just a matter of learning how to understand each other and understanding our personality differences. Um, yeah, and a big thing that we mentioned in... in I think every program, but if not almost every program, is there's a difference between shyness and introversion. Yeah. And my sister, while she has a mix of personalities, she has a, a, a an extroverted side that sometimes comes out because, as we say in development, you're a mix of all the different personalities. We don't limit you to any set amount of personalities. But her dominant one is more introverted. What does introverted mean? Well, introverted means need for less social stimulus, more s personal space, more tranquility, organization. I mean, there are many factors, but to really make it basic and simple, need for less social stimulus. Now, shyness, shyness is different. Shyness is something that, it's insecurities. Yeah. It's the fear of judgment. And uh, it can show up in many different ways, fear of rejection, and imp imposter syndrome can contribute to it. Um, Basically, anything where we feel that, oh, someone is going to judge us, reject us, uh, think less of us, and then we start filtering ourselves and controlling ourselves. Yeah, It can be uh, something cultural or societal where we learn that we shouldn't act a certain way, so we kind of cut our energy and our personality, and we might be I extroverted, but we might be really trying to control ourselves. Uh, or it might be a fear, like wanting to go up to a girl and flirt and having all these thoughts and insecurities kick in and be like, <laughs> and then we, we, we stop ourselves. So, so many different things can contribute to shyness, but, but shyness is something that even an extrovert like myself, I've experienced shyness. Yeah. So uh, I've shared this many times in the program, but I've had extreme fear of rejection in terms of my romantic life and dating and things like that for many years. And in those environments, I would come across as an introvert because I would be more reclusive. I would kind of uh, avoid social, well, interaction because I was just so afraid of rejection. So in those environments, people would maybe see me as an introvert, but it wasn't an introvert. It wasn't my natural instincts, my natural environment, my natural way of acting. It was just my insecurities kicking in. Yeah. And one of the things that happened with me, with, with, with my sisters, 
I thought shyness and introversion were the same thing. I thought that she was suffering from shyness, which she, I mean, she ha- obviously ha- has had her challenges with, with shyness as well. But when I learned that the introversion part was separate from the shyness part and that she was an introvert and an introvert trying to be extroverted for a long time would just kind of drain her and stress her out more. That was a big aha moment for me and a big shock because, yes, for many years I thought there was something wrong with her. Um, and that's not to say she didn't have her challenges, but I thought there was something way more wrong than there was. Yeah. Uh, I I thought, like, I thought that it was it was it was she was missing out a lot mm-hmm. when she was maybe having a lot of fun being in a more tranquil environment. Yeah. I thought she was missing out a lot, and uh, so I tried to push her to be more extroverted. Uh, I tried to push her to be more social, to go out more, to have more of a life, and. Ironically, the way we achieved her having more of a life was to not push her, yeah. to give her <laughs> space, to give her breathing room, to recharge her introverted side so that she had energy to explore her extroverted side. Yeah. Uh, but I had no context, no knowledge of that for most of our lives. Yeah. So I, I, I can admit and, and see how I kind of, created the opposite of what I was trying to create. Yeah, and and that's a very common thing. You know, when we don't understand differences of personality, when we don't understand how the person we're with functions, it's so easy to get into these conflicts that are really unnecessary, that don't come from any real source of conflict in the sense that it's not a problem in the relationship, it's not a problem with not caring about each other, it's just not understanding each other. And many times in those situations, we will act from our own instincts, from our own personality. And as you say, create the opposite of what we want because it's not what the other person needs in that moment. No, and and this is where by having a little bit of understanding in terms of personality theory. And you can approach it from different ways. I mean, in development, we talk about extroverts, ambiverts, and introverts to simplify it. We talk about six different personality types to kind of two extroverted, two ambiverted, two introverted to give make it a little bit more profound, a little bit more empowering and not bunch certain people together in the same uh, description because there are certain instincts that we see are very different. But that's the approach we've taken. There are many different other um, systems out there. And they all have value if and when you approach it from the perspective of understanding that there are differences, being respectful of differences, mm-hmm. and not using it as a box, not limiting it. Oh, she's an introvert, so she can't do this. No, no. I mean, she does public speaking for a living, mm-hmm. and uh, she has a great social life, sometimes even more social than me. Uh, <laughs> the route and approach to, to, to achieving that is different from my route and my yeah. approach. And that's what we have to understand. It's not about what can you do or what can't you do. It's, uh, okay, the way that she's going to achieve it and the way I'm going to achieve it is going to be a little different. Yeah. Obviously, there's common ground in many areas. There's a way to collaborate. But there is certainly a very important distinction in terms of how she's going to be most productive and how I'm going to be most productive, how she's going to reach her goals, how I'm going to reach my goals. And when we understand that, 
as business leaders, we can inspire the people on our team. We can encourage them in different ways. We can stimulate them in different ways. We mentioned this last week. I mean, look at Google, look at Facebook, how they have different environments for different personalities. They have capsules for introverts to disconnect and reduce social stimulus. They have uh, video games, bicycles, sports, all kinds of physical movement, social stimulus. They have standing desks, sitting desks, little things that you sit in. I mean, there's all kinds of different types of stimulus that brings out the best in different individuals. Mm -hmm. And when we respect and honor that, things get easier. Uh, things are less forced. And in the beginning, it might be overwhelming. It's like, oh, do I have to make a custom approach to every single individual? Yes and no. <laughs> I mean, there, you're going to use your personality as a baseline. It's not losing yourself and trying to please everyone and adapt to everyone. But there are just certain moments that by having a little bit extra empathy, a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of generosity, things are going to go a long way. Yeah. And we talk about this. We talk about in Develop Yelman, use your personality as base because it's going to have your battery recharged. It's going to have you at a better mm, emotional, physical, mental state. Why? Because when we try to be something we're not, when we step outside of our comfort zone, we can do it, but it it's draining. It, it requires more energy. Imagine this for a second, an introvert going on stage or an extrovert trying to sit still all day. <laughs> the heart is going to beat faster. The muscles are going to get tenser. They're going to start sweating more. There's going to be a certain anxiety about wanting to escape to their more ideal social stimulus. Extroverts escaping to being able to move and socialize. And introverts may be escaping into a more reclusive, tranquil space. And these things co generate an amount of stress. And a little bit of stress in key moments can be a positive. There are different types of stress. There's stress that encourage us to be you know more impactful and there's stress that can have i mean it can even affect our health and and, and general well-being so what we want to do is reduce the amount of stress in our daily lives yeah. and we say that and then at the same time we tell you but adapt in key moments why do we say that well if you adapt in key moments instead of forcing things from your perspective it's going to be more efficient yeah because when you try to force things from your perspective you might spend hours trying to convince someone of something you might spend hours trying to argue your point you might spend hours trying to force something in a way that doesn't flow and as a result it will end up draining you even more than what it does stepping out of your comfort zone yeah so do you want to talk a little bit how briefly about how you've kind of found certain harmony within your personalities to give context and then we maybe go into the different personalities. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't think we were going there. Um, as Sianic has mentioned, you know, within ourselves, sometimes we have contrasting personalities. Um, when we talk about us being a mix of all of them, we are a mix of all of them, but there are going to be some that dominate, that are going to make up a bigger percentage of who we are. Uh, so you might have two or three of them that are pretty strong, that might be very different and have very different needs. And in my case, I do have a very introverted side that needs a lot of space, a lot of peace, no pressure. Um, and honestly, being alone for a day or for more, I'll be very, very happy. But then there's another side to my personality that's very extroverted, very adventure-oriented, a risk-taker, likes to have fun, likes to do things that are different and weird and strange, um, likes to just joke around, and also kind of deals with stress by joking yeah. sometimes. 
Um, and sometimes there's conflict between those two because the introverted side wants to keep things peaceful, not take too many risks because you can't predict the outcome and problems might occur and that pressure can be a, a lot to deal with because introverts like to think before they act. They like to kind of have things under control. My extroverted side likes to not think about the consequences, likes to just be free, do what I feel like in the moment, say what I feel like in the moment, have a bunch of laughs, bond with the people around me, uh, do fun, crazy, sometimes slightly dangerous things. Uh, and those are conflicting things. So for a long time, I would sort of suppress the extroverted side and only let the introverted side come out. But then I didn't understand why I was always so tired yeah. and why I was always feeling a lack of motivation, a lack of energy. Um, I felt like I was fighting against myself every day to wake up in the mornings. And I found that implementing a little bit of both every day has gone a long way to keeping them both happy. Um, we talk about being in a regenerated state when you're stimulating your personality, bringing out and allowing yourself to be in your natural personality and thereby recharging uh, your internal battery. So if you do a little bit of both each day, that goes a really long way to keep both happy. You know, you don't have to go to extremes with either or. You can, but start with a base of doing a little bit of both here and there to recharge them both so they're both happy, so they're both more flexible, so they both have more clarity to deal with surprises. And then you can indulge every once in a while in one or the other. Yeah, it, it's funny. I mean, my sister... Um You've probably been told that, uh, oh, you're bipolar, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Why do you change from <laughs> one moment you're like this and one moment you're like this? Yeah. And it's not that she's bipolar. It's that she has two conflicting personalities and that really are big part of her. Yeah. And this happens to a lot of us. I mean, most people have different sides to the personality that come out in different moments with different intensities and they can be contrasting. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you can go by... Wasn't he the introverted shy guy that never spoke, and now he's over there dancing like his? Well, <laughs> what what happened there? Like sometimes we're gonna be surprised by yeah. people when they show certain facets of the personality. When certainly a side of them that they haven't shared suddenly yeah. comes out, is like, whoa, what happened here? Yeah. And the thing we also have to understand is the more we embrace both sides of our personality or all three sides of our personality that kind of dominate the more positive they're going to show up the yeah. more impactful they're going to be the more we try to control them and limit them and kind of embrace only one side the more stressed we're going to be the more drained we're going to be and the yeah. more certain character traits are going to come out in a negative way yeah. for example in my Per makes a personality. So one of my personalities likes being productive, impactful, likes results. Uh, and that personality, when it's neglected or drained or in a, a not-so-great state, it becomes more arrogant. Instead of inspiring, it, be it becomes arrogant. When instead of uh, uh, actually productive, it becomes like overworking yourself and not really getting things done. And... It's small little things, you yeah. know, the, that that the same character trait can be used in a positive way or a negative way. Yeah. There are some types that are very emotional that they can use those emotions to connect with people and create beautiful relationships, or they can use it for to create certain drama. So we mentioned this right now at the beginning, and I, I highly encourage you to watch the previous episode uh, to have much more context. Um, but we mentioned this right now so that you understand that 
the individuals around you are not just one personality. Yeah. And sometimes the best way to unlock them and the best way to resolve a conflict or prevent a conflict is by stimulating them, by empowering and, and, and stimulating both sides or all three sides of their, their, their personalities. And for example, with, with, with Itzel, one of the things that I learned was a lot of the conflicts we were having were because we had different personalities, different instincts, and the way we resolved it was, one, understanding each other more, communicating how we function, why we function the way we do, our needs, our goals, and uh, also being generous with each other yeah. by respecting and honoring the differences, by encouraging uh, the best side of each other, yeah. and... That was a process. It was a process to generate that empathy and understanding of yeah. how we had different personalities, different ways of functioning. But the moment we kind of came to a certain understanding, we were able to respect each other much more. Mm -hmm. And that was very impactful. And when we s started understanding that there were multiple sides to us, we could, even with more precision bring out the best in each other, resolve conflicts very quickly. Because yeah. now I know, for example, when there's a conflict arising, I know there are certain words I can say and certain actions I can take that will make her more stressed <laughs> and generate more anxiety, more intensity, uh, and, and inflate the conflict. Or there are certain words and certain actions I can take that kind of can make the conflict disappear or resolve the problem in two seconds. Yeah, And I know that... What she needs is different from other people on the team. And I kind of have gotten to a point where I know, okay, this keyword, this phrase, this action, resolving this problem because this problem is the most important thing for this individual based on their context, their priorities, their personalities. So one of the things I know with, with Itzel is for her, if I can reduce the intensity, if I can reduce the pressure, if I can make her feel that things are more under control than they maybe necessarily <laughs> are, it can relieve certain stress and then she can perform better and, and things can flow. Yeah. So it's just knowing those key words, key phrases, uh, key actions, and the main motivators. Because when we talk about personality theory, again, it's not to limit you, it's not to, to, to put you in a box or anything. It's just understanding that we have different priorities and different instincts. And for certain personalities, they're going to have certain instincts. And when we honor and value those instincts <sighs> yeah they'll be able to breathe yeah yeah and, and maybe we should start getting into each of their personalities a bit how yeah. they handle conflict how they tend to respond during conflicts and also how you can treat conflicts when you're with them uh if we start with the first one the most extroverted type the electric type these are people that well it's one of the personalities i was talking about that i have that they're very driven by adventure, by fun, lightheartedness, newness, difference. Uh, they're people that you'll see them change a lot, uh, whether they're changing hobbies or fashion styles or moving to different countries all the time. You know, within their own way, they're going to find ways of changing and having variety, and because that's exciting for them. You know, for electric people, this is new, this is different. What is this? I want to know more. Um, and so when they're in stressful situations like conflicts. Sometimes their instinct is, I want to lighten the mood. Things are very tense. Things are very awkward. I want to lighten the mood. So they might joke a lot or say silly things. Maybe they'll say things that even they know they shouldn't have said, yeah. but they just were under so much pressure and it was so tense and serious that they had to say something to alleviate the mood. Um, 
And from an external point of view, that can look like they're not taking the situation seriously. But it's kind of the opposite. They're taking it so seriously that it's really stressing them out. And they need to say something or do something to lighten the mood. So when you're in a conflict with an electric person, if you can be the one kind of lightening the mood, that goes a long way. You know, making a joke, even making a joke out of the situation, like maybe you lost your flight and it was a really important thing. Joke about how ridiculous the situation is. Like, wow, ha, ha, ha. Our life is so crazy. Look at us. Here we are stranded in the middle of nowhere. You know, if you can lighten up the situation, that takes a pressure off of them and a stress off of them that allows them to think more clearly again about, okay, what do we do next? Yeah, no, for example, with, with Itzel, when she's kind of drained in her electric side, what I try to do is I try to be more silly, make more jokes, even though it's my personalities are not really that silly and the types of jokes I generally make are not as silly and youthful and playful when I want to kind of get her out of a, a more negative state or reduce intensity or resolve a conflict, I'll start joking around. Yeah. Uh, I'll start trying to lighten the mood in different ways. And if I can't do it very well, I might recruit someone on the team <laughs> that is more electric and be like, oh, take her out for an adventure, go yeah. do something fun. Uh, because timing is also something that yeah. you have to be aware of. We talked about this in the previous episode and timing is key. So knowing when, first of all, you need to know how to pick your battles because there are certain things that uh, can just increase tension and not really improve things overall. And then there are conflicts that are very valuable and very important because yeah. uh, by not dealing with certain conflicts, things can get worse and things yeah. can uh, deteriorate. And by having a mature conversation about a conflict, we can resolve a lot of issues, we can innovate, we can improve things. So uh, it's very important to kind of have that mentality of how can I solve the problem, not how can I win the argument. And if you have the mentality of how can I solve the problem instead of winning the argument, uh, you'll pick your timing right, you'll pick your yeah. intensity right. Um, and uh, with electric people, sometimes it means okay, let's distract ourselves a little bit, let's reduce the tension, let's have an adventure, let's have fun, let's disconnect from this, and then get back to the issue at hand, yeah. and then discuss it. Recharge the battery, because one of the fastest ways to drain an electric person is by being too serious, too yeah. intense, um, too boring, uh, uh, in other words. And if you can kind of do something fun, playful, adventurous, that recharges their battery, and get back to the conversation. Yeah. That that can sometimes help instead of trying to force the solution in the moment. Yeah. And another thing that's good for electric people is physical movement. So maybe you do need to continue the conversation in that moment, <laughs> but you can walk around yeah. and do it. You know, okay, let's go for a walk and continue talking while we walk. And then just getting that bit of physical movement compared yeah. to sitting down, not being allowed to get up, feeling like I can't even go to the bathroom if I need to yeah. because of this issue. Uh, it's a very different environment if you're like, okay, let's go for a walk. Let's talk about it calmly. And then getting to move around a bit, getting to see different sides, yeah. you know, look around here, maybe some laughter coming from over here. These are tiny little things that make a big difference. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's small little things, but they go a long way. And they go a long way because when we are at a better mental state with more mental clarity, we are going to solve problems much easier. Yeah. 
but if we feel that we're backed up against a wall and we get defensive and we start fighting and arguing and things like that, it's very hard to actually have a productive conflict. Yeah. Because in developed development, as we mentioned both in previous episode and this one, we talk about trying to have healthy, innovative, problem-solving conflicts. Yeah. Uh, not trying to avoid conflicts, avoid unnecessary conflicts, yes, mm-hmm. but also face conflicts that you have to face, have the discussions you have to have, but in a way that it's not forced, in a way that it flows. And yeah. yes, with electric people, you just got to lighten the mood and you, yes, more movement, yes, uh, maybe take it bit by bit and maybe not try to fix everything in one session because they will get fatigued if the discussion gets too long, like for example, meetings, if the meeting is too long, they're gonna get anxious. Yeah. So if it's a business meeting where there's a conflict, maybe spread that across three or four smaller meetings yeah. instead of one three-hour or four-hour meeting. Yeah. Uh, it's small little things you can do, and you'll see it on the body language. I mean, it's it's, and this goes for all the elements. If you see someone get more tense, you see them fidgeting too much. Some people fidget and it's part of the normal behavior, but if they're fidgeting too much and if they're like looking around, like their lang- body language says, I don't want to be here, I need an escape, I need, s- I, I need a change of environment. If the body language is sending you those signals, it might mean this is not the right time yeah. or this is not the right approach. Yeah. Often it's a combination of both, but when you realize that, it's like, okay, I will... Maybe pick my timing right, or I will do bite-sized meetings, or I will, uh, I will approach it with a more light-hearted uh, approach so that they don't feel it so intense, so that they can feel they can move around more freely. Maybe I, not being electric, but being in a room with electric people, will start having body language that feels more natural for an electric person so they don't feel that they have to be all tense and serious. Yeah. So it's little things we can implement that make the conflict resolution process so much easier. Yeah. Um, what else would you add to electric? Another thing you would add to the electric type is that because they joke around so much and are usually so lighthearted, sometimes the issues they bring up can get dismissed. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, no, no, you're always the fun one. You're always the one that's happy. You're always the lighthearted one. Uh, so people don't expect them to have real issues. So do listen to them. You know, if an issue keeps coming up or if they're bringing up, hey, look, I want to do something about this, don't dismiss it just because they usually joke around. That's a very good point. I, I, I mentioned it, I think, in last uh, episode. Um I mentioned the example of Robin, uh, Robin Williams, yeah. the actor, very extroverted person, uh, at least to the public eye, he would probably be associated with electric personality, yeah. full of life, playful, youthful, and uh, silly, and, and just uh, uh, fills any room with, with, with smiles and laughter. But he, he gave that impression to the world, but he ended up committing suicide due to depression. Yeah. And... This is something that happens every day that there are people who, to the outside world, they come across as they're super happy, that they have everything under control, and then inside they might feel insecure. They might feel sad. They might have issues that they want to fix, but maybe maybe 
they get distracted or maybe don't, don't give themselves enough importance or maybe they're avoiding the issue or, I mean, many different things can happen. Yeah. But there might be an elephant in the room that they're not tackling, that yeah. that they're not sharing either because they give the impression that everything is under control. Mm-hmm. And with electric people, that sometimes happens. We get so used to the They're always having a good time. They're always laughing. They're always joking. So we don't necessarily take things seriously enough when there is an issue because also it's very easy to distract an electric person from an issue. Yeah. I mean, it's very uh, easy to just be like, ooh, shiny fun thing here. Ooh, okay, let's do that. And then they kind of escape from the issue. And while sometimes there's some issues that that's a good thing, there's mm-hmm. some issues that are, when I said pick your battles, there's some fights that really are not worth having. There's some discussions that are not worth having. Uh, but there are many that are. Yeah. And there are many that are essential. There are many that are uh, so important that when we take the time to have those issues uh, resolved, it's like, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to basically take time to filter which battles do we want to pick. But as an electric person, sometimes instinct to follow what's fun and light and adventurous kicks in in the wrong moment yeah but sometimes it kicks in in the right moment and when we have a little bit more awareness uh both as electric people and non-electric people it's like okay now is a good time to distract ourselves from this issue because this issue is not getting us anywhere this issue is just sending us in circles and then in other situations be like okay this issue is important i understand that it's stressful i understand it's a lot to deal with, but let's make it bite-sized. Let's sit down. Let's try to deal with it. Uh, let's try to fix it. Uh, and this is something that sometimes having a good support network helps. Yeah. Uh, because I do know that drained electric people sometimes like avoiding certain issues. Oh, yeah. They like escaping yeah, yeah. from them. And it happens to all personalities. We all escape uh, our problems in different ways. But certainly, I've seen a lot of electric people escape issues by indulging in a lot of fun and adventure and distraction and misdirection to avoid the issue. Yeah. Yeah, I think with electric people, one thing that makes it easier to deal with heavy topics is being able to treat it as no big deal. Like, give it the importance that it needs but not exaggerate the, you know, because sometimes I'll hesitate to bring up an issue because I'm worried that the other person will make it an even bigger, more stressful issue than yeah. it already is. And then it'll get it even more serious and even more serious. And then more people find out and it's even more serious. So if you can treat a bad thing as, okay, that's part of life. Yeah. Yes, it's a big deal. Yes, it's heavy. And yes, we're going to tackle it. But we're also not going to go out of our ways to make it extra somber. Yeah. That can be really helpful. You know, like, there's a difference between giving something importance and making it more somber than it needs to be. No, and another thing I want to add about electric people is we're talking about how they're always playful, fun, lighthearted, etc. But it's not always the case. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when they're drained, uh, they can become, like, the easiest way to describe it with 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 a metaphor for talking about electricity, like a bunch of static electricity just you know, like sapping, uh, sapping everyone and everything, bzz, bzz, yeah. bzz, bzz, bzz. like like a grumpy type of like bzz, bzz, shutting yeah. down people, 
And that happens a lot if they don't allow themselves to be themselves, if they've cut themselves into pieces and try to kind of neglect and control themselves too much if they see other people having fun uh, and they don't let themselves do it. They might judge them and shut them down. Um, But generally speaking, when they're very, very drained and makes with very, very insecure, those things can happen. Yeah. Because it's really influenced a lot by insecurities because if they feel that they're not allowed to do it or they can't do it, things like that, Mm -hmm. then they're going to be even more intense with that. But just wanted to clarify that because... Uh, every type of personality can have their moments where they come across as uh, less friendly than than usual, yeah. and it shows up in different ways. But with 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 electric people, they're not always fun and giggles. But yes, it is their baseline. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and if we move on to the next uh, personality type that we talk about, also extroverted, uh, the fiery type, they are. What's Yannick's dominant personality? The people that are very driven, that really like advancing with projects. They get very passionate about certain things. They like being leaders. They like, you know, inspiring people and moving mountains, you know, like. They like having influence, impact, results, productivity. Mm -hmm. They like getting stuff done, but they like being recognized for it too. Yes. They do have certain egos shall we say mm-hmm. uh, every type of personality has in their own way uh, uh, some individuals more than others but they certainly have they receive great joy from being recognized yes um, uh, and that becomes a bit of a tricky thing when in conflict if they feel like they're not being heard yeah. if they feel like they don't have a voice and they don't have a say that can be very very stressful and difficult for them they'll feel trapped they'll feel like they can't implement their vision um and so being able to alleviate that by complimenting them and recognizing them goes a really, really long way with them. Uh, if they're going out of their way to prove that they're right, whether or not they're actually right, because uh, sometimes they don't like admitting that they're wrong, yeah. uh, even if they realize themselves that they're wrong, they'll kind of try and keep things on track and look like they're still under control because that's a way for them to feel like they can still have influence and that they can still keep advancing. So it's not just ego, yes, especially when there are insecurities involved, there's ego there. But sometimes it's just a practical issue of I want to advance, so I have to look like I'm in control and I have to look like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, and, and, and that's an important point. I mean, insecurities and a drained state influence a lot uh, fire people and how they are perceived. Mm-hmm. But insecurities is a big one. Yeah. Because when a fiery person is insecure, they're going to act more arrogant. Yeah. They're going to act more forcefully. They're going to try to prove to the world they're the best even instead of trying to innovate and become the best. Yeah. Um, not to mention names, but there's a certain precedent uh, in, in the United States right now that uh, has been known to when he gets attacked or criticized... Uh, criticized he starts pointing out how he's the best and how he's the best. And he also likes to take certain shortcuts and things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, what happens with fiery individuals? Fiery individuals, when they are drained, when they're insecure, they start taking maybe more shortcuts or they start uh, forcing their greatness on people. But that's not their baseline. Yeah, That's really a, a case of being insecure, not knowing how to manage the personality. 
And really, the the ideal baseline is inspiring people, uplifting yeah. people, rallying people. Uh, and we've seen other politicians and, and, and other presidents with fire personality being able to rally people, inspire people without putting people down. Yeah. Uh, because uh, if you look at Donald Trump, uh, now I mentioned names, <laughs> uh, what happens? I mean, while he can rally people and, and so, uh, have influence and impact, whether you agree with his, his ways or not, he certainly gets uh, a lot of eyes on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way he does it, obviously, is, is done in a way where he has been known to put a lot of people down. Yeah. He has been known to um, reinforce his greatness a lot. And these are really things that stem from insecurities. Yeah. They stem from insecurities. It's him needing to feel validated. It's him needing yeah. to feel uh, uh, good about himself and the way he's approaching it is maybe not the most kind and impactful and positive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's an explanation to his actions. Yeah. And uh, But there are many other very inspiring, uplifting people. And fiery people, they have an ability to bring out the best in other people when they feel well about themselves, when they're confident themselves, when they're regenerated. They have a way to use that confidence, not in an arrogant way, Mm -hmm. not in putting other people down, but uplifting people, inspiring people, uniting people, right? And that's something that when we understand that a fiery person, when they feel backed into a corner or when they feel like a failure when they feel that they're not being productive making them feel productive making them feel powerful making them feel impactful they will suddenly be more impactful they will suddenly be more productive they will suddenly have less conflict uh, because a lot of the conflict stems from them forcing their priorities and their values yeah Uh, and if they don't have to force it things actually become more diplomatic more positive more inclusive more kind and I've seen it with my, uh, what's it called, personality when I've been drained, when I've been insecure, before this, before developed development, uh, before my previous business where a lot of this was developed, I could certainly tell that cert- when I felt insecure or when I felt like a failure, I would brag much more. Yeah. I would show off much more. And there's a difference between sh- uh, celebrating achievements and showing off in a playful, inclusive way and just showing off because you feel insecure, you feel small inside. Yeah. And I remember moments where like, I would become competitive mm-hmm. in my showing off because I was insecure. I, I remember in like junior high and high school moments where there were individuals that were sharing their great stuff and I had to have something better. Mm-hmm. And I had to show off that I had something better. And it stemmed from my insecurities because in my upbringing or our upbringing, we changed schools a lot, we traveled a lot, we moved a lot. We were always the outsiders. Uh, I also jumped the year, so I was always the smallest one in the class. So I also got bullied a lot. So I felt very insecure in a lot of areas. And a lot of people didn't realize that because on my fiery side, I came across as super confident and like I have everything under control. She thought that I had everything yeah. under control, and uh, but no, on my fiery side, I had a lot of insecurities. And I remember in in school, in certain moments, I would kind of forcefully show off and forcefully 
be like, oh, look how great I am, and like kind of put other people down. And it's like, looking back, it was like, wow, I really felt small in those moments. Yeah. I really felt insecure in those moments. So in the context of fiery people, I know now with, with a team, we have fiery people in the team. And as a leader, I have to remind myself every day that fiery people, they don't have everything under control. They have insecurities too. Mm-hmm. And they need to be told how great they're doing, how, uh, how, how, how great their work is. And as a, a leader, sometimes I forget that because yeah. I might focus more on the ones that are creating more drama or crying for attention because it's like, Ooh, they need the attention. Let me go give them the attention. And then there might be someone who's not showing that, but inside they feel that way. Yeah. And I've learned that the hard way uh, by by realizing a few times that certain people on the team that I thought were way more confident w- uh, with their work uh, than they really were, uh, when I really discovered that they had insecurities and challenges, it was like, oh... I have not been a great leader to them. I, I need to take time to acknowledge the, them and their work. And since I've done that, things have flowed a lot. We've had much mm-hmm. fewer conflicts on the team. Things have flowed much more. Productivity has improved. Um, and yeah, also as a leader myself, being fiery, learning to admit when I'm feeling not so great. Yeah. Learning to share because... Everything goes both ways. So yeah. how do we bring out the best in people and how do we, uh, we share with people what we need? Because conflict resolution is about communication, kind communication focused on solving problems. And sometimes the problem is a fiery person feels insecure. Yeah. Sometimes it, it's a fiery person that feels that they're not advancing fast enough. Yeah. We have people on the team here, very fiery people, who are very passionate, full of energy, want to get a lot of stuff done. And when things slow down or when there's a challenge... Uh, that might make them go into a suboptimal state. Yeah. And learning how to deal with that is important. Yeah, and, and one thing a lot of fiery people will do is not recognize their own advancements and their own achievements mm-hmm. because they always have a bigger goal in mind. Yeah. So no matter how hard they work, no matter how many hours they put in, no matter how many things they achieve, there's that bigger goal in mind and they haven't reached that yet so they don't feel like they're being productive. Uh, and we see that a lot with the fire people on, on our team. I've like never done that. They'll do, m- like, not to compare people's productivity, but really there are times when fire people get in the zone and they'll do way more than anyone else on the team and they'll still be complaining, I'm not getting enough done. I'm not getting enough done. Give me more work. Uh, we have to do something else. I'm not getting enough done. So being able to reach out to the fire people around you and saying, hey, you're doing a really good job and look where you are now compared to six months ago or a year or, you know, giving them that panorama of how much they have advanced when they don't feel like they're advancing can help them relax and go, okay. So it's okay if I rest a little bit or it's okay if I take a bit of time off or it's okay if I'm only doing this much, which is already probably a lot. I I mean, uh, in the last few weeks, um, me with my fiery side, uh, the team has almost had like an intervention of (laughs) you need to regenerate, you need to go disconnect from work, you need to go do something that's not work-related. And I mean, it's... it happens to the best of us, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, fiery people are, are like uh, a horse following a carrot on a stick. Yeah, 
they're always advancing, but they never feel that they are closer to their goals. Yeah. And yes, if I look back to where we were two years ago or three years ago, wow, what a difference. Yeah. What a difference with our team, what a, dif- a difference with our uh, content, our manuals for classes, our website, uh, now launching the podcast, uh, the quality of our videos and Instagram. I mean, everything has improved a lot. Mm-hmm. But we're still nowhere near where I would like to be, right? Yeah. And so sometimes my fiery side, when I get a little bit more drained or a little bit insecure, I will kind of force productivity. Yeah. And sometimes I'll sit in front of the computer and I'll be like, I won't be advancing. And I'll be just there because <laughs> I want to be a good leader and I want to prove that, you know, I'm dedicated. And many times it's insecurities. It's insecurities of feeling a certain sense of responsibility, uh, feeling... Uh, 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 a sense of like I need to do this because other people are depending on me different things Mm -hmm. and sometimes I kind of push myself too much I'm much better than I was a few years ago before (laughs) develop development but even with develop development sometimes it happens and I have to be reminded of okay sometimes it's it's okay to disconnect yeah Um, and sometimes it's essential so so we have to respect that Uh, and with fire people we have to remind them sometimes of disconnecting because a lot of conflicts will arise if they're trying to force productivity, force results, uh, deal with insecurities in a forceful way. Yeah. Uh, so if we kind of help them feel more so, uh, secure about themselves, make them feel productive, make them see that the everything they've achieved, pointing out just the little things, that's very helpful. I mean, uh, here on the team, I, I, I know because there's the team knows me now. We know how to all deal with each other. They c- can tell when I'm feeling insecure or drained. They will kind of point out all certain great things. They will celebrate certain great things. Um, they will express certain respect or gratitude or, or congratulations and things like that. That instantly gets me back on track. Yeah. Uh, so with a fire person, just to recap, make them feel good about themselves. Make them feel that they're being productive make them feel that they're making a difference. Uh, even though they might be showing you something that you associate with them being super confident, inside they might be having insecurities. And it's very clear to tell that when they're forcing productivity or forcing their greatness, that's when they most need uh, that kind of uh, boost uh, to be uplifted by someone else. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, mm, that and one last thing I want to add about fire people... Uh, they tend to explode when there's a conflict, like I- if they're drained and insecure or whatever, and, and it gets very tense, they might have a very big reaction in the moment, but they generally will move on faster because they want to be productive. Yeah. So they generally will move on faster. The more insecure they are, the more of a grudge they'll hold. And the differences, the combination of personalities will also influence that. But generally speaking, they'll explode fast and move on because yeah. they want to get things done. Uh, so sometimes with them, having a quick explosion and fixing it and moving on can be positive if your mix of personalities, your context, and your relationship has enough trust, bond, and mutual respect. Sometimes it, let's have a, for example, my mom and I, we hardly ever have conflicts, but when we do, it's a quick, fast explosion, uh, express ourselves, get things sorted, and then five minutes later, we move on. And we both have a lot of fire in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and that's something that if you're not fiery, you have to kind of get used to and remind yourself of. Because for me, especially the introverted side of my personality that we'll get to, 
that big exposure is so much pressure, mm. so intense, so shocking that, you know, I'll kind of avoid an issue after that happens. And I have to remind myself actively, okay, fiery people's first response is not their final response, yeah. especially when taken by surprise or under pressure or yeah. during conflict and so on. And it's a hard thing to get used to uh, because I'm kind of the opposite. Uh, and we'll get to that. But, you know, my introverted side, I will rather not say anything and not respond until I know how to respond. Yeah. Whereas fire people are a little bit backwards. Like, they'll respond strongly in the beginning. And then usually after a while, it's no, not a big deal. People will respond with a lot of confidence. Yes. <laughs> False confidence sometimes. Yes. Sometimes they'll argue things that they don't even know or care about just for the sake of winning, especially when they're drained and insecure. Yeah. I know for many years I had the tendency of just picking a side to a battle and, and arguing my way. And even if I didn't believe in it, even if I didn't have the context understanding, I would force it. I remember one time I, w I studied tourism and hospitality management, right? And part of that was studying wines and mixology and things like that. And I remember being at a dinner and talking about wines and I read a menu and there was a w the way the menu was laid out, it looked like it was a blend of two different grapes, right? But it was two different wines you could pick from. Mm. So I, I mentioned at the dinner table, oh, yeah, there's this wine. It's a blend of these two wines, blah, blah, blah. So confident. And someone shut me down. Someone was like, actually, that's a red grape. And my answer was, and it is a correct answer in many situations, but in this situation, it was wrong. My answer was like, yeah, but you do know that... Uh, a lot of white wines, they actually use a red grape, but they remove the the skin from it <laughs> to get it to be a white wine. But it can act, they can actually use a grape that actually is red and turn it white. Um, and while that is something that, that, that is true in some situations, in this situation, it was totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was like... Oh, yeah, no, no, it's a blend. And yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, sure, it's a red grape, but I mean, they took the skin off. And, so, and I said it was so much confidence that people there believed me. <laughs> and uh, to this point, it was kind of funny, but I said it was such confidence. But afterwards, I was like, I'm pretty sure I was wrong. <laughs> so I'm not sure I saved myself there or if I made a fool out of myself. And for years since then, I mean, sometimes fire people, they hate making a fool of themselves <laughs> and they can remember all the times they've made a fool of, out of themselves. And yeah, that's one of those moments I go back and I'm like, why did I open my mouth? <laughs> why did I say that? But in the moment, I came across as confident. Yeah. And that's exactly something that it, for some personalities, it's hard to understand because we will have such strong, confident reactions in certain moments, even though we might not know what we were talking about in that moment, or we might uh, not have the context, or we uh, that might just be our first thought, and then afterwards we might evaluate and be like, okay, let me reassess. Mm -hmm. uh, because what happens, extroverts, they think out loud. Yeah, They speak before they think many times, and they share their thoughts very openly. Uh, an idea-generating process is a dialogue it's sharing every idea that comes to the mind yeah. whereas introverts have to think analyze verify prove check double check 
to get the confidence to share. The, the, so introverts, they're very married to their idea. They're very, very attached to their ideas. They're very committed to their ideas. Extroverts, not as much. Yeah. Some ideas, yes. Yeah, some ideas, no. But generally speaking, they will share things in the moment. And yes, if you're not an extrovert and you're with an extrovert, understand that those words that are said in that moment, they're what came to the mind in that moment. But if that moment was a very impactful moment for you and you got offended or hurt or felt bad about what they said in that moment, later go talk to them and ask for clarification because we've had a lot of misunderstandings because I've said something in the moment, reacted in the moment, and she's felt that I had an idea or a point of view or uh, a thought process that was totally different from my actual baseline. It yeah. was just a reactive thing mm -hmm. because sometimes, and this can happen to all personalities, but especially extroverts, they can be reactive in the moment and they can express something that maybe lacks clarity, lacks context, mm -hmm. or maybe it's totally different from what they actually feel. Yeah. And that can cause confusion as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and moving on to the next type that we talk about is the aquatic type. The aquatic type, they're ambiverts, meaning they're not 100% extroverted or 100% introverted. They move kind of in a bit more of a middle zone, but they do lean a bit more extroverted. These are people who are very sentimental, very romantic, very emotionally expressive. That doesn't mean that other types don't have emotions. Uh, that just means that aquatic people move more based on their emotions. They make more decisions based on their emotions, and they express them more. It's more important to them to express their emotions. Why? Because deep bonds with other people or even ideas and things are very important for them. Yeah. For them, it's not about how many friends to have. It's about how close am I to the people that I love? How special are the relationships that I have? How special are the things that I have in my life? So when in a situation of conflict, the tricky thing with them is that they might feel like they're losing their connection to their loved ones. And so especially if they're insecure, that can lead them to being more dramatic, yeah. more... Um, They'll make more complaints about you don't love me, you don't listen to me, you don't care about me, you don't pay attention to me, you don't put me first, things like that. Uh, and even without insecurities, they'll be feeling those feelings, still feeling that fear of losing the people that they care about, losing their loved ones, losing the people that are most important to them. So giving them certain reassurance in those moments, like, okay, yes, we're going through this conflict. Yes, it's a stressful situation. Yes, maybe we disagree on this thing. But at the end of the day, I love you. I care about you. You're important to me. You're special to me. And I'd rather go through this conflict with you and get through to the other side with you than give up because of this, because you are special to me. That can be a huge sense of reassurance for them that they're not going to lose you just because you disagree over something or because you have some kind of conflict. Yeah, that that phrase is is very important. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, say it with your own words, but basically, when you have a conflict with an aquatic type, a little bit like with a fiery type, you have to make them feel special. Mm -hmm. You have to make them, but it's it's more about instead about impact and results and productivity. With aquatic people, it's about the emotional bond. Yeah. That it has to be personal. That personal connection. Yeah. And that solves a lot of problems. Yeah. You can say it uh, like Itzel said uh, and focus on, you know, yes, we're having a hard time, but I would not want to go through this, prob uh, this situation with anyone else. Uh, I would rather be with you through this tough time and get through it with you 
than not uh, and than not be with you because I love you. Blah, blah, blah. That's that's one way of doing it. Another way to to resolve problems, depending on the nature of the conflict, is if if you have an issue with something in a relationship with an aquatic type, going up to them and being like, "I would like to explore how we can." deepen this relationship, deepen this yeah. bond, strengthen this relationship. And um, it can be anything. It can be from how you spend time together. It can be t- your love life, sex life, uh, work environment, um, uh, friendship, family relationships. It can be anything. Not just romantic relationships. Yeah. Because they tend to romanticize every relationship. Yeah. Um, so it's not just love and sex and all that sort of stuff. That we're having a conversation of let's explore how to deepen our relationship that works. No, in a in a in a business environment, sure you might word it a little differently, but the yeah. message you want to get across is I want to strengthen this bond. I want to strengthen yeah. this union. I want to strengthen this team. I want to uh, get to know you better. I want to. Um, uh, being able to say to someone, like if you work with an aquatic people, being able to say to them, uh, hey, like I l- I'm so happy coming to work because you're here, or you make work such a much more enjoyable place, or things like that. Something that's a bit more personal. Yeah. Uh, it can still be professional, but personalize it a little bit. Make it about them and who they are as a person. Because if you only praise them for their hard work and productivity, which you know for a fiery person would be great, yeah. uh, and also for a lin- lot of introverts, that would also be great feeling that their work has value. For an aquatic person, that's like, oh, you only want me here because of what I do, yeah. not because of who I am. So you do kind of have to personalize it, you know, saying like, wow, I love the personal touch you add to everything that you do. Little things like that uh, that make it more intimate, even if it's in a professional and, uh, setting. And in a relationship setting, for example, for example, as a fiery person myself, in, in romantic relationships... I might express myself and focus more on the sexual element on the more kinky, perverted side of things. And uh, with aquatic types, while they certainly will explore a lot of things and be very generous, and they do uh, aim to please a lot, if they feel that there's not enough emotional expression, emotional vulnerability... Uh, then they'll feel used. Yeah. So exactly the way you said, focusing on productivity at work without talking about the personal details, the personal touch, the the the, the impact as an individual in a relationship. If you focus too much on uh, on certain specific parts of the relationship and don't mention the small moments, the little details, the nuances, the acts of kindness, the 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 the. Sp- special thoughts that they put into things because they put so much thought into every little cute thing that they do. Yeah. Uh, if you don't take time to acknowledge those, then they will feel used. Yeah. They'll feel like, oh, you only want me for sex. And while a fiery person, while they might love you, adore you, care for you in many different ways, while they might be more passionate in one specific area, uh, it uh, for other people they other personalities especially the aquatic type they might f- value other areas of the relationship the exploration of the, uh, and and such yeah. and that's not to say fiery people aren't emotionally expressive they just have a hard time being vulnerable yeah 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 no for for fiery person putting their heart on the sleeve is risky business Very. because 
they're keeping also an eye on, okay, how am I looking right now? How's my image right now? What am I projecting out into the world right now? Uh, so if they're going romantic, often it'll be big romantic gestures. Yes, extravagant like certain moment. renting a whole place out yeah. or grand gifts, you know, that if there's grandeur, then it's more comfortable yes. and more easy for them to express their emotions. And yes. if you don't understand that, it might look like... They're trying to buy you. They're trying to buy you. But for yes. them, it's just an easier way of expressing how they actually feel. That's <laughs> a very good point. As, as Fiery many times have done very grand, extravagant gestures, the day-to-day -day stuff is hard to be vulnerable and expressive. But, oh, when it comes to a grand gesture, wow, I can do it grand. Yeah. Uh, and yes, that has caused a lot of confusion because... It's like there are certain parts of the relationship that are very easy to explore for a fire person, but there are certain parts that are so hard. Uh, and I know we're talking about aquatic types, but I'm just sharing my experience dealing with differences. Uh, aquatic types will obviously have a challenge with every single other type of relationship, uh, every, every other single type of personality when comes to relationships because they are so used to giving, they're so used to expressing themselves, they're so used to being vulnerable, wearing their heart on their sleeves. Yeah. Uh, and when other personalities, because no other personality gets close to an aquatic type when it comes to those things, mm. uh, they're going to feel that they are not loved. They're going to feel that they're not being supported. They're going to feel like they're being used. And what I just want to get across is, trust me, there are many people around you, if you're aquatic, that love you, that care about you, that just don't know how to express it, that just uh, are uncomfortable being vulnerable, and they will show it another way. Yeah. Fiery people, they might do it in a more perverted way. Little by little, you can help them be more, more comfortable, but just be patient with them. Mm -hmm. uh, not to mention other types before we get there, but the more introverted types, they... Uh, they're not going to be as expressive and as yeah. fast. They're going to be more reserved. But when they get to a certain level of trust, they will certainly have moments of vulnerability, moments of expression, some more than the others. But there are some types uh, that are not even going to express themselves much because th just being there with you might be an expression of love. Yeah, and, and for a lot of introverted people, if they declare that they love you or something like that, they're stating that, and that's a fact until they... Until exactly. it changes, and then they'll update you. You know, it's not so much a need to continuously express to their exactly. feelings. It's, I've declared my love, so that I'm going to keep loving you until I don't. And then if something changes, I'll let you know then. They won't tell you every day, I love you, I miss you, where, where are you, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. All those sort of things that for aquatic people can be very powerful. Yeah. So for aquatic people, if you're an aquatic person, Learn to receive kindness, love, and affection from other personalities that express it with, it can be adventure, it can be with sexuality, it can be with uh, pampering you, it can be with criticism, it can be different personalities that kind of support you in different ways, that kind of express their feelings in different ways. I mm -hmm. mean, the metallic type, very logical, structured, precise, exact, they're not going to tell you they love you every day. Uh, and they're going to maybe critique you a lot because they support, their, it's their way of supporting you, and you might feel like they're cutting you into pieces, but they wouldn't take the time to criticize you if they didn't care about you. Yeah. Uh, so yes, well, they can learn ways to optimize the communication. Uh, there are many people around you that might love you a lot more than you realize, and just because they don't say it with the words you uh, 
want with the actions you want mm -hmm. uh, doesn't mean that they don't love you. And yeah. so, so understand that, learn to receive from people, and also learn uh, when you express your emotions with other people that they're not going to react the same way you would react to them. Uh, so you might pour your heart out with someone and they might have a kind of disappointing reaction and that doesn't mean that they don't love you. It just means that they have to maybe process. Yeah. Uh, introverts might need more time to process. Extroverts might also need more time to process but or, or figure out how to time their moments of vulnerability and things like that. So just kind of be aware of that. Yeah. Be aware of that. But yes, if you want to resolve a conflict with an aquatic person very quickly, just make them feel loved. Yeah. Make them feel uh, special. Make them feel unique. Uh, personalized approaches. I mean, this is not mm, super relevant to this particular conversation, but just to paint your picture. When we talk about gift giving to an aquatic type, mm -hmm. we talk about the card and the story matter more than the gift itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the story of how you found the gift and how you chose it. Like, look, this thing reminded me of the conversation we exactly. had. Or I thought of you because of this, or you always mentioned you like this. Exactly. Personalizing it, that will make it, that'll make the difference between a formality gift and a personal gift exactly. for them. Exactly. So just make sure that everything you do has that mentality of personalized personalized approach mm -hmm. uh, specific to the moment, the context, the individual, make the person feel special, make them feel loved, make them feel appreciated. Uh, also, sometimes aquatic people, when they're drained and insecure, they like a lot of drama. Uh, understand that there are two types of drama with them. You can have playful drama, which is like silly, playful, oh, no, why did you do this? But like with a playful tone of voice, and they can enjoy that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can resolve problems by having playful dramas, fake dramas, and they that can alleviate pressure from real dramas. Yeah. But if they feel like neg neglected, ignored, uh, they feel not loved, they might create conflicts just to feel loved. Yeah. They might create drama just to receive love and affection. Yeah. Uh, they might create a breakup to reconcile and get back yeah. together. Uh, so understand that if you're seeing someone having a lot of conflict, a lot of separation and, uh, and reuniting, that is someone who's crying out for more attention, more love and affection expressed. Uh, that doesn't mean you should go to the extreme of adapting yourself totally to them because they, as with any personality, any individual, uh, when they feel insecure, when they feel, uh, well, insecure, uh, more specifically in this case, not, not really so much, but when they feel insecure, they might learn different ways to kind of manipulate to get what they want. Mm -hmm. And when the aquatic people... If they learn that drama equals love, they're going to create more uh, drama. So yeah. also pick your timing right. Uh, in the moment of high drama, maybe don't be the one that like, ooh, I love you, blah, blah, blah. In a moment of not high drama, express, you know, yeah. how much I care about you. Because then you're not... It's not the wor ideal word. It, I don't want to paint the picture of you training them like a dog because that's not what I want to communicate. But it's a very easy way to... It's, it's, if you reward certain actions that are suboptimal for a relationship, you're going to get more of them. Yeah. So if you... Basically, if... You only give them or primarily give them attention when there's a big exactly. source of drama and a big fight, you're then you're feeding that. into that loop. If you spread out your attention yeah. 
in positive moments, in neutral moments, and also exactly. in, in negative moments, that feeds and fosters a very different kind of relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, with them, you kind of want to spread out the attention that you give them. Yeah. Every once in a while, even just expressing your feelings and how y- yeah, your life is going, yeah. that for them is a sign of love too. If you're willing to open up to them and express how you feel and express how your life is going and, oh, you know, stress at work today, things like that, then they feel that they're bonding with you. They feel that you're expressing trust and love to them. So even things like that are very, very good to do with aquatic people. And sometimes when there's drama, it's a buildup of many little things where they've had a lot of emotions about many little things that suddenly explode. So being able to recap that for words, saying, hey, how are you feeling now? Are there things you'd still like to talk about or things you'd still like to resolve? That can filter that out because sometimes you think this was the main issue, but maybe it was these other things. So recapping afterwards, saying, hey, how are you feeling? Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Is there anything you feel like we haven't addressed yet? Then you can get to the real issue. Um, So moving on to the earthly type. Earthly type are very diplomatic, very caring, uh, very generous types that really focus on others before themselves, which can lead to conflict because they can drain themselves trying to please everyone, make sure everyone is happy and they can forget about themselves. That can create some tension. And also they can lose themselves trying to please everyone and they can sometimes feel uh, insecure about the results. Yeah. Uh, one thing we talk about uh, with uh, earthly people is if they don't see that the person that they're helping has gratitude or is receiving the help or is improving their situation with the help they're receiving as an earthly person they're going to feel like a failure yeah and that's going to make them feel bad about themselves so as earthly uh, as an earthly person myself i learned the value of helping more the people who express gratitude and who receive change uh, help and who actually want to change the situation and are not just people who want to complain for the sake of complaining mm-hmm. uh that has helped me a lot because i used to spend days, hours, a lot of my resources and a lot of my energy on helping people uh, who didn't really want to change, who just liked complaining and liked uh, uh, feeling like a victim and constantly were talking about all the stuff I hadn't done yet instead of expressing gratitude for the things I had done. And I felt like I was never doing enough when I really was doing a lot for certain individuals and learning, okay, those relationships, they maybe put a little distance there and not, not help as much um, and help more people who demonstrate uh, that they're receiving the help. I mean, yeah. uh, because earthly people, they want everyone to agree. They want everyone to be happy. They want everyone to be on the same page. Uh, in a meeting, they're going to make sure to hear every single one's opinion, make sure that everyone is heard and everyone is valued. And it's a process for them. It's a process for them. But when they go through that process and there's lack of harmony, there's lack of gratitude, there's lack of respect. That drains them a lot. So creating environments and spaces where there's a lot of respect, gratitude, and collaboration, great. Mm -hmm. Creating spaces with high tension, uh, high drama, not so great. So the easiest thing to do to resolve an issue with an earthly person is to demonstrate that you are happy, that you're not as upset as you might be coming across, Mm -hmm. uh, that you're grateful for the process, uh, showing that uh, optimism, just a little bit of optimism of th- this will be resolved. It's uh, it's a strong conflict right now, but together we'll figure it out. Yeah. That also is a big one. Um, also asking, what do you need? What would you like? Yeah, is very important for earthly people. Um, there are yeah. many little things that you can do. 
Yeah, if you offer help to an earthly person, they might not actually take you up on your offer <laughs> because they have a hard time receiving. They have a hard time putting themselves first. Uh, they feel that it's selfish to take care of themselves a lot of times because there's so many other people they could be helping. Uh, but just the fact that you're offering or asking yeah. and showing that you're noticing them can be really helpful because sometimes they do feel invisible. Because they're helping everybody else, they're solving everybody else's problems, they're making sure everybody else is okay. So it does reach a point where they go, well, what about me, yeah. you know? Uh, so being able to just say, hey, how are you doing? You know, maybe things are a little bit crazy at work, but you kind of get to pull them aside or yeah. you meet up with them in a the corner for a bit and like, hey, how are you doing with all of this? Yeah, and, and earthly people will n hardly ever complain about yeah. things that are suboptimal they'll just absorb it and deal with it mm. so if you see that an earthly person is having a struggle or a challenge or there's something in their lives that's suboptimal try to help them with it uh for example uh in my earthly side when it comes to the office and the apartment and things like that i always invest more money and time making sure that all the common spaces are good yeah. that all the bedrooms and offices and desks of all the members on the team are good and i always kind of let my personal space Come be the last, last. Yeah. i mean if you look at my bedroom yes it has a beautiful view but inside the bedroom it has become a storage room for everyone else yeah uh, and i always buy first furniture for other people before for myself and it's very hard for me to invest in my personal spaces yeah if it's something shared great if it's something just for me hard also clothes this is funny. My fiery side loves dressing well, loves suits, loves impact, loves uh, very high quality brand name stuff. On my earthly side, if I spend anything just for myself, I feel guilty. Yeah. So the team, they are very good at making me understand that if, if I invest in clothes, I can have more impact and that impact can help. Uh, the team also have more impact and more results and it's something that can be shared in the sense that if, if I represent develop your mind in a positive way then they win too like it's just having those being able to explain and contextualize things in a way that each personality understands it's like oh, okay so with an earthly person making them feel that certain acts that they have labeled as selfish might be generous is good yeah uh, my personal space oftentimes people on the team will help make my personal spaces better because they know i will neglect that mm -hmm. and uh, they are good at showing the importance of improving those spaces because if I feel better, then everything's going to be more harmonious in the team, right? Yeah. Things like that. Uh, and those are things that, as earthly people, we need to learn to, that if we put the oxygen mask on ourselves first, then, it, like, the references on an airplane, you get on, if the... Uh, cabin pressure goes down, the oxygen mask comes down, the first thing they tell you is first per put it on yourself so you don't faint and die, and then on the people you're taking care of. Because if you put it on other people first, and then you faint and die, you, you can't, can't help, help anyone. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, your basic needs are important. Yeah. Uh, so, earthly people, they feel guilty a lot when they invest in themselves. Uh, give yourself value. Understand that when you have more resources, more impact, you feel better about yourself you can ha you have more to give i mean yeah. just look at 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 bill gates all the lives he's saving with all the amazing resources he has yes for many years he did a lot of things that could be judged as selfish but look at all the impact he's having yeah so more resources mm, some selfish uh, selfish acts will lead you to be able to be more generous yeah, yeah. No, and being able to express that to an earthly person when you're helping them out sort of expressing that 
hey, we're all going to be better from you receiving from this, or, hey, this is a thank you or a reward for all the good you've done and all the help you've given, then it feels it's easier for them to receive it than if you just straight up try to help them without giving them that context. And just being able to say, hey, you know, that thing you told me a month ago really helped me with that situation or the thing you did really inspired me or, you know, being able to tell them the ways in which they've contributed to you because to you it might be obvious. Yeah. You've already moved on with your life. You're already happier. You're already better. But they might not have noticed because chances are you have other issues too and they're probably seeing that as, yeah. as a personal failure on their behalf. But also they're so busy looking at what's wrong and what they can improve and how they can help that they might not realize that you're better. Yeah. So just being able to say, hey, like you really helped me well out a lot. It's, it's very important to express those things because earthly people, they give without expectations. Mm -hmm. But if they feel that they've had an impact, wow, what a difference it makes yeah. in, in how they feel. So with earthly people, I mean, when it comes to conflict resolution you're not going to have much conflict with earthly people mm -hmm. uh, because they are conflict diverse. They escape conflicts or they shut themselves down and don't express themselves during conflicts. But if you want to improve a conflict resolution situation with an earthly person, just make them feel, uh, express gratitude, make them feeling that their voice matters, make, also make them understand that there is more harmony and more well-being in the team than what they might think in that moment yeah. and uh, help them in the areas that where they're not giving themselves enough importance, make themselves, give themselves enough importance. Yeah. Uh, and those things go a long way. Uh, but yes, the, the, the biggest conflicts you will generally have with earthly people, unless they're super, 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 super drained and insecure, uh, will be that they'll shut down during, a, let's say, a meeting trying to resolve something. They'll shut down and get paralyzed because yeah. they can't figure out how to please everyone. Yeah. In my earthly side, as a leader, having many different personalities, many different people with different goals, different contexts, especially in the beginning, I would freeze a lot because I wanted every single one to be happy and it was very hard to make an executive decision because I wanted every individual to be happy. And I still do, but now I am a little bit better at, at not getting lost and paralyzed yeah. by it. Uh, so yes, if, if you... Uh, having a person close to you that does that make them realize that there's no problem that you can make certain sacrifices that the greater good is important yeah that a diplomatic process is valuable that yeah because sometimes we have concerns that we want considered but that aren't super important to us exactly so if we're presenting our concerns and everybody else is presenting their concerns and earthly people will value them all equally exactly. so if you're able to say actually this one it's just a suggestion exactly. or preference, but it's not that big of a deal to me. That helps balance the scales a little bit. No, I, I, I'm fiery. I'm a leader. Uh, I'm a CEO, whatever. But my earthly side kicks in so strong sometimes, where it's like I need every, I, I need like permission from my team to make a certain choice. Yeah. And it's like I will freeze if I don't have that permission, and I'm waiting for yeah. certain words and certain approvals from team members to feel confident to move forward. So yeah. give people, whether it be parents, whether it be leaders on your company, whether it be uh, relationships, just give earthly people that sense of confidence that if they make a choice, that 
things are going to work out yeah. because they worry about the consequences of their actions a lot. They worry about uh, excluding people or, or, or not mm, basically causing disharmony. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, uh, moving on now to the introverts. Uh, we have the airy type. The airy type uh, is a type that observes, perceives, uh, analyzes everything around them brilliant minds but they can get oversaturated with all the information and when it comes to uh, their personalities when there's high conflict high intensity high pressure high rush they shut down a lot yeah yeah and the thing with airy people is that they're not afraid of conflict in and of itself in the sense that they're okay with the fact that people disagree they're okay with the fact that life isn't perfect but if that gets turned into a high-pressure situation, that's where it becomes difficult. Mm. Uh, airy people will, you know, they'll look at the big picture of a situation and try to understand it, and if possible or relevant, find solutions to it. And they'll try to find the smoothest path. So if they want to express an opinion, or if they want to help somebody, if they want to solve an issue, they're going to look for the smoothest path to figure it out. So if there's a lot of intensity, there's yelling, there's name calling, there's crying, there's you know very intense responses, they shut down because they don't know how to handle it. And they're afraid that any word they say, anything they do can trigger more intensity and more pressure. Yeah. So with airy people, what you want to do is relieve the pressure yeah. and relieve the intensity. Say, okay, yes, we're all stressed right now. Yes, we're all personally invested in this. But we're going to figure it out and we're going to figure it out together. That can take pressure off. And also, expressing confidence that things are going to be okay. Yeah. Expressing confidence that a solution is going to be found and allowing airy people to be quiet for a lot of the time. You know, because if in the moment you're like, hey, what do you think? Uh, what's your opinion on this? What do you think we should do? In that moment, they're still processing everything that everyone is saying. They're still processing everything that's going on, all the possible outcomes of every possible action. So if you let them sit and observe and analyze, and then move away, get some personal space for a bit, and then come back and ask them quietly and calmly, like, hey, what are your thoughts on this situation? Then they'll have a much easier time expressing the, their opinions. The, the, there are two things that I, I found work very well with their people. Uh, one is, yes, relieve tension and pressure and absorb some responsibility. Um, she has a lot of responsibilities here in the company that really are outside of my area of, I wouldn't say area of expertise, but area of ease and fluidity and yeah. and uh, that for me requires a lot more extra concentration, a lot more extra effort that, that she can do with a lot more ease. But sometimes I have to tell her, and it's sometimes a bit of a white lie, uh, be like, listen, don't worry, I've got it. I've got it under control. You relax. You, There's no pressure. I'll figure it out. And just saying that gets her, okay, well, if it screws up, it's not on me. So, well, yeah. let me fix it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's the thing. If you tell white lies to airy people, they'll probably see through it. But they're still appreciate. They're very suspicious people in the sense that, you know, if you give them a compliment out of context, out of the blue, they'll kind of wonder why you're yeah. complimenting them. Um, but if 
they feel a strong sense of pressure and responsibility and someone else takes on that pressure and responsibility even if they know at the end of the day it's on you <laughs> that at the end of the day they're still probably going to be the one fixing it just sharing that burden with somebody else yeah. can be a huge relief no no i th- i think that's one of the the, the the greatest tricks I've I've, I've learned <laughs> from my sister is literally just being like, I got this, even though I'm like, I have no idea how to solve this. I'm not going to get this solved. Yeah. But I'll make her feel that everything is under no, control. And I know sometimes that it's an issue that he has no clue of, and it'll just be like two, three days for me to process it, and then I'll be the yeah, one it's, doing it's, it. It's many times just giving her permission to take yeah. the time to do it. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it is literally me fixing it and finding a creative solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's sometimes, I mean... And and obviously, if every time you do it, it ends up being on them, it's not going to be as impactful. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes you have to solve the problem. And and as a fiery earthly pe- person, I am good at solving problems. Uh, every type of problem that shows up, uh, because my earthly side, I want to fix problems for people, and my fiery side, I want to be eff- effective. But there are certainly times that even though I, if I could fix it, it will still make sense to be a patient and, and give her time for her to figure it out because she might do a better job. Mm-hmm. And so I also pick those kind of like, okay, in this situation, I'll fix it for her and really take that off her plate. In this case, I will take the pressure off her plate, but I'll still include her be, and empower her and try to regenerate her and try to have her do it because she will do it better. Yeah. And uh, And that's positive too because one thing that happens and one thing that in the early days of developing this and in the early days of learning about this, I had this idea that every people, they just need a bunch of personal space. And they do need more personal space than all the other types. They do need space and time to collect their thoughts, analyze their thoughts, find an approach. But I went to the extreme of, okay, you take all your space you want and I'll just keep doing things over here to the degree that she felt excluded, for example. And... I was I thought I was being the most generous, cool person <laughs> ever, being like, yo, you take your time, you do your thing, I will take your things over here. <laughs> but how she took it is like, I'm not important anymore, I'm not included anymore, they don't care about me anymore. And like it went to Because that happens a lot for airy people. It's similar way to how earthly people sometimes feel invisible because they're always helping everybody. Yeah. Airy people often do the little invisible things. Yeah. Like they see a little thing out of place, they fix it, they move on, they don't tell anybody what they did. So it does happen that airy people won't get credit for the work and they don't necessarily need credit for everything they do, but they do need to feel that they're being appreciated. Yeah, and Uh, and one thing that we have to clarify is introverts, they need less social stimulus. That doesn't mean they need no social stimulus. We're all social beings. We Mm -hmm. all need social connections. Mm -hmm. They have made studies that show that what uh, uh, influences happiness more than anything else is strong relationships across the board. Yes, with introverts, they're going to have fewer amounts of relationships that are deeper, more profound, more Mm trust-generated than having a large amount of friendships, a large amount of of social stimulus. But even then, they... Introverts, they like social events. They just need to recharge the battery before and after. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be something they're uh, passionate about or or interested in. Look at Comic-Con. How many introverts go to Comic-Con every year? So uh, if there's passion, there's interest, there's desire, they want to be involved. They just need to disconnect more throughout the process. Yeah. Uh, And you have to allow that. But don't make the mistake of being like, oh, it's an introvert. They just need all the space in the world. Because... 
every single personality can escape into their regenerative spaces in the sense that extroverts they can escape going to clubs every single night and avoiding all responsibilities uh more so electric but yes they can avoid all responsibilities mm-hmm. uh let's say uh, introverts they can get lost uh, in the rooms, locking themselves up, over-processing, over-analyzing everything, and getting lost in their thoughts. So uh, it's very important that we don't let people escape in their uh, regenerative spaces. Regenerative spaces are those environments, those activities, those uh, types of organization, those things that fill us with energy and with mental uh, and physical peace. Uh, and uh, if you see someone is spending too much time in those spaces it means they're escaping something in their lives it means that they're avoiding something instead of actually dealing with it and when Mm -hmm. it comes to conflict resolution with certain personalities we have to understand that one of their ways of dealing with conflict is avoiding it and airy people have that uh, tendency so sometimes you have to actually bring them out of that which requires certain tact Mm -hmm. but it it it, you have to reach out to them. You have yeah. to reach out to them, include them little by little, get them reintegrated when they do escape. Don't force it, but work on reintegration. Yeah, and, and one thing with airy people that's really important is they like having information because they like to think things through. They like to make educated decisions. So if they don't have any information to go off of, that's going to be way more stressful. Yeah. And that's sometimes what happens when you give them so much personal space that you don't talk to them at all, they lose their source of information and then they lose their sense of how to make decisions and what to, how to take the next step. So just filling them in every once in a while, like, hey, you know, these things have been going on. These decisions have been made in the workplace or in the family. You know, updating them on key information so that they know what's happening and they know how to come back into the world. Yeah is going to make the process much smoother than if you just wait f- for them to show up. Because then they're going to be thinking of like, are people no, happy? Are they not happy? Have they, Insecurities they are a big part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the reintegration process for uh, introverted people, especially area people, when they have gone on their escape is they feel insecure about how to approach the reintegration. Yeah. So if you can relieve that pressure, help them out, that goes a long way. Yeah. Um, so moving on now to the metallic type metallic type is the most introverted logical precise exact perfectionistic not in the sense of insecurity sometimes yes generally speaking just to clarify when we talk about perfectionism generally speaking it's an insecurity it's uh, avoiding to do things because of fear of rejection and fear of failure uh, fear of success sometimes and postponing procrastinating uh, because of insecurities yeah. uh, trying to perfect every th- single thing to reduce the chance of being rejected or judged but when it comes to metallic people well sometimes that is a factor many times it's just a factor of them wanting to be so precise so exact doing things the most correct way and having certain principles values and goals in terms of uh, doing things with certain exactitude that they will come across as perfectionists by trying to tweak and correct and critique and criticize and optimize the little things. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to team environments and business or relationships, 
they'll be very critical sometimes in a very direct approach. They will feel like they're cutting you into pieces depending on your personality and your confidence. They'll tell you things without filter because they feel that being overly diplomatic and overly politically correct is a, is a distraction and, and not a favor, more of a disfavor. So they'll be like straight to the point, say what they're feeling, what they're thinking. Uh, think of Spock from Star Trek, Sheldon Cooper, Big Bang Theory, Dr. House, uh, Bones, all these examples, Drax. Uh, there are a lot of examples in Hollywood where they kind of play with this idea of a personality that's very direct, without filter. Uh, not all metallic people are as extreme cases as, as the, 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 the Hollywood interpretations that I just mentioned. But generally speaking, understand that there, there are individuals who are going to be straight shooters to an extreme degree. And when it comes to conflict resolution with metallic people, well, there's a lot more that goes into uh, the description of metallic person as a whole, some level. When it comes to conflict resolution, a lot of the conflicts they have is they go straight to the point. Yeah. They tell you things without filter, and that kind of cuts other personalities into pieces sometimes. And also, they're very married to their ideas. They're very committed to their ideas because they have thought, analyzed, verified. They have checked everything before they share their idea and when an another person shares an idea that's underdeveloped just out of the blur especially uh, electric people they might go crazy uh, freaking out thinking that they're being irresponsible silly ridiculous mm -hmm. and uh, they have to learn that extroverts they share out loud they s think out loud and they're not married to their ideas and that d we all have different idea generating processes and if you work with a uh, metallic people or, or, or live with metallic people understand that if they're taking time to criticize you it probably means that they care about you it's an odd way of sharing it I understand if you're not metallic but if they take the time to critique you it's because they care about you and their well-being yeah. and that's their way of guiding you and protecting you sometimes they can be overprotecting uh, and overguiding but it's their process yeah and and metallic people they you know what we were talking about they're going to be very direct because they feel that that's a more kind thing to do and more efficient thing to do. So if they feel like they're not being heard, they've expressed their opinion, they've expressed their value, and everyone is still kind of all over the place with other things, if they feel they're not being heard, they're more likely to keep repeating it and keep insisting. Yeah. And then they can come across as really stubborn and they can come across like a... Uh, like a broken record that keeps yeah, yeah, repeating the same record, thing. repeating themselves over and over again. And fixing it is so easy if you know how to do it. Just being able to tell them, oh, wow, I hadn't thought of that. I'll take that into consideration. Yeah. Or thank you for expressing that. Let me think about it. Just acknowledging that you've heard them and that you value it. Like, thank you for caring. Thank you for investing your time in this. Thank you for sharing your opinions and your feedback then they feel heard, then yeah, they feel valued. And they're people that the, they uh, sort of associate their personal value with the value of their ideas. Yeah. So if you can give value to their ideas, that's a way in which you can express that you value them. They put so much time and effort into the ideas that if their ideas get shut down right away, uh, they feel like it's an, a rejection. Yeah. And they're also so committed to the ideas because they've analyzed it from so many angles mm -hmm. that if someone isn't grasping it, they'll become forceful. Yeah. And repetitive. Uh, and yes, it's a process of understanding that sometimes as a metallic person, 
Sometimes they're, they're not always right, and they think they're right because they really put so much thought into it, and they feel that they put so much more thought than other personalities, and it's generally right. And many times they are correct, even though it can be annoying, and they will tell you what <laughs> you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Uh, sometimes they get it wrong, and yeah. sometimes what happens is they, they see certain trends, they see certain patterns, and then they come to a conclusion based on the trends and patterns they see without actually widening their data pool. Yeah. So yes, well, they generally value scientific approach. Sometimes they don't widen enough their data pool to get an actual scientific approach. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they see a trend and then they like all this and uh, they generalize. Sometimes yeah. they generalize uh, and that can be a dangerous for them. And that's where many times metallic people, that's moments of most humility is when they realize wow, I didn't have the full context and the big enough data pool to mm -hmm. come to uh, an educated conclusion, but I was sure that this was correct. And that comes as a shock. So yeah. uh, as uh, metallic people learn that you're not always right and sometimes widening your data pool uh, uh, and getting more context is very important. Yeah. Try to get more context from other personalities because people function very differently than you and and understand that. But with metallic people, yes, just make them feel heard, make them uh, uh, understand communicate when you have a very different idea generating process and a very different approach and when it comes to conflicts and relationships uh don't try to force them to be too expressive but uh, have a more logical explanation i need more emotional expressions because if you say this you uh, that leads to this give them almost like instructions this leads yeah. to this and that leads to that and this will lead to this and that's why it's logical if they make it almost like a logical equation if i do this this is the outcome then they feel co uh, confident yeah. uh, if it's just you're too cold you're too this then they get defensive and it's not constructive yeah. but if if they feel a logical approach they get a logical explanation based on their values then it's great and to kind of wrap up with all the personalities that's the thing you have to keep into account you have to understand how to to resolve a conflict make deal with their insecurities make them feel good about themselves so they don't get defensive because when people get defensive conflicts don't get resolved uh help recharge the batteries and stimulate them in a way so that they have more mental clarity and and more empathy and more understanding and more collaboration and also uh communicate uh, your values your needs your importance uh, like the things that are important for you in a way that that personality can understand so an aquatic person has to explain their emotions in a logical way to a metallic person a metallic person has to explain their logical processes in an emotional way to an aquatic person like saying uh for me it makes me feel better it makes pick certain words it makes me yeah. feel better when there's certain structure and things it gives me certain peace and blah 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 but use words that the other person can receive speak the language that the other person can yeah. receive and uh, yeah, I mean, this is such a such a large topic. Uh, I, if you haven't watched the previous episode, I strongly recommend watching the previous episode because we give mm, a lot of context in general terms, a lot of tips in general terms. And this episode was more to give you guys an idea of the different elements of the work. But uh, yeah, there's so much more we can talk about. We do have workshops uh, that are uh, workshops and, and classes uh, where we explore this with more exercises, more in depth. But I hope that this gave you a, a certain, uh, you know, a, uh, good, a, a good starting point. A good starting yeah. point to understand uh, certain things that you can do to kind of bring people out of intense conflict situation and just kind of make things more positive for everyone. Yeah. So uh, that covers everything for today. And we'll see you next time 
next week, same time, same place. And as usual, thank you very much for being here. And uh, yeah, have a good one. See you next week. See you next week.